After entrepreneurship used to be a long and winding journey. Even if you had an amazing idea, not anymore. Learn from entrepreneurs who had the drive to take it to the next level. From Studio BAGC, join our host, Shil Niyogi, the author of two best-selling books on growing businesses and engaging customers while doing so. And buckle up for a new episode of Driven. This one and only podcast to help you connect the dots and successfully drive your business on roads less traveled. Welcome to another episode of the Driven Podcast. I'm your host, Shil Niyogi. And today on our show, we have Amin Amiri, CEO of Auto Delegate. So imagine how easy it would be if you had an assistant who would understand what your customers wanted, make a list of relevant tasks to give your client the end solution, and assign those tasks to specialists at your firm. Too good to be true, right? Well, not anymore. Amin Amiri has been working on a product that does just that. Using AI, his product, Auto Delegate, can just from a voice message, it splits the, the ask into multiple tasks or requirements and delegates those to multiple people. His product is in the MVP or minimum viable product stage, and he is looking to scale, expand, and hit different use cases. I mean, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me, Shail. Um, it's, it's great to be on your show. I may have explained just one aspect of your product, but please tell me, um, some other areas and use cases. Um, you were right on spot. Uh, pretty much true. What we do, auto delegate, is about automation and delegation. Um, it's true that successful leaders are already automating and delegating, and we are trying to help um, a ton of other leaders and entrepreneurs, so like uh, mindset people out there, to achieve that level of automation and delegation using our product. We, we try to make it simple for them to get to that point. And um, during COVID lockdown, we learned a ton about the habits that are gonna probably change uh, forever. And one of those habits is uh, the tendency towards asynchronous communication. Um, It's eminent that people are getting used to text messaging as well as uh, any sort of messaging medium uh, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, LinkedIn, so on and so forth, um, that still has this personal aspect of answering their questions in order to receive services. And to some extent, it's online with this definition that uh, you expect some uh, common sense ETAs for your requests. And uh, we are you know, banking on that opportunity because um so far the society is uh very well sort of like a very off i would say um the customer obsession trend that has been started by giants like amazon 
But um, very few people know about the pressure that it puts on the shoulders of the service providers to be always online, to be always responsive and always uh, provide the best services. Um, they're very sort of like a limited narrative that I heard out there to come on the service provider side um, and help them and understand their problems and help them to catch up with this, this crazy trend of customer obsession. Did you know that there are about like 50 million service providers in America working in small and medium businesses um, wow. who are stressed out, you know, are stressed I, I out. I know that. Yeah. Wow. They're dealing with a huge volume of solar communication overwhelm and they need help and we are here to help them. Amazing. No, this is, this is a great product. So now let's talk about the, the UI and user experience. So how would one use your product? Does it help us through form-filling screens with a guiding voice? Uh, and I meant that in a very non-spiritual way, by the way. Um, or does the platform understand from the accent or important data points in the message? So tell us about the, the user experience or UI without obviously giving away your secret sauce. Uh, no, definitely. Um, so the product comes in two forms of a basic version, which is free for everybody to try it out, and so like a pro version, which will be paid version, subscription-based. Uh, with the basic version, uh, which is um, released in test flight right now, and we have a few pilot customers on it, um, it's pretty much like a communication app, uh, like a text messaging app, that it brings almost all the communication mediums in one, like WhatsApp, text messaging, SMS, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Slack, Microsoft Teams, email calls wow. in one place. Um, we don't have the voice in the basic version. The voice will come in the pro. Um, the way that it works is imagine you have WhatsApp, but um, it's built for running a business. I know there, uh, there's people probably know about WhatsApp for business. So we are thinking of it uh, through a different angle. We not only bring in all the communication channels into your app, but also we make it simplified in a way that you can keep track of your communications and convert them into business workflows. A lot of times people miss on messages. Like uh, if you're a busy service provider and you're receiving you know, 100, 150 messages a day, People are asking you, hey, for example, in, in case of a loan officer, can you please take my my you know uh, spouse off the loan application? Uh, we just figured out that you know their their loan uh, their, their credit score is pretty low, so on and so forth. Um, you get that message. Um, in that message, people are asking you to take some action, but typically because the text messaging or email or something like that is disconnected from your task management system, um, there's a chance that you forget, and if you do. Sure. Uh, then epic errors would happen. What we do, we simplify the process for you by really going deep into the vertical that we are building the app for and letting you to follow very simple, like three simple steps. Once you receive a message, it doesn't matter from which channel, as I already explained, you hold on that message, you convert it to a task if you feel like this message needs a follow-up or a task. Um, 
once you convert it to a task, you can set an ETA on it and delegate it to one of your team members or yourself. Then eventually you will get a very quick reply that you don't have to type it. You will choose from the templates that will be proposed to you to communicate back to the customer that, hey, I got your message. Sure, I will do this for you. And uh, somebody from my team will get back to you by 5 p.m. today. Just simply the ETA. And this was the basic version. For the pro version, um, a bunch of AI functionalities will be loaded to the app so that you can use uh, speech to text. You can have conversational AI to to so like uh, get the conversation going for a while. In one word, the way that we like to introduce our pro version is imagine as if you have put your phone on autopilot mode and say, look, for the next two, three hours, I'm going to focus on get something important done. I cannot really be you know, distracted. Uh, please answer any incoming call and tell them that I will get back to try to get their customer's intent out and tell them that I will get back to you by this time. No, so this sounds very interesting. I know that there are some market leaders in Web2Ks um, and then email2Ks. I haven't heard of the offering that you mentioned in the market so far. So what do you expect the future of this technology would be? Yeah, um, it's uh, what we're doing here is uh, broader than just voice to text. Because, yeah, um, right, the, the technology is out there. What is missing here uh, today, in my opinion, is verticalization. You know, there are a lot of products that are super focused on automation. Zapier, you know, UiPath, a lot of products exist out there that you can use you can configure them and try to achieve a high level of automation in your day-to-day routine. Um, There are a lot of other products on the other spectrum, which is called personalization. You know, a lot of um, tools exist there that you can try to deploy them into your routine workflow um, to, you know, uh, have a very unique way of tracking tasks or messages that are tied to your vertical. You know, sometimes we refer to them as verticalized CRMs or something like that, which are built for sure. specific running a mortgage or real estate. But the problem is um, there's always this adversarial, adversarial behavior between personalization and automation. When you talk to our customers, they say like none of them get it right because I have a few corner cases that UiPath can't cover. And um um, I have a bunch of so like a need for automation that personalized CRMs cannot really so like take care of it. We are right in between. We are uh, so like a, terming a coin here called verticalization, and um, by verticalization, we the what it means to us is look. We fully understand that people in services industry have to dance to two musics. Uh, sometimes they are putting on their sales hat and right. they are engaging conversation with customers. It's very personal, touchy. They have to keep it at a low frequent, low low frequency. So, like a thinking in a style that you know you have to really explain yourself multiple times, answer their questions, make yourself available because you are in the business of selling to them. There's this right. other music that they dance to, which is called operational efficiency. Once a customer is once a lead is converted to a customer, then it's about fulfillment. When it comes to fulfillment, um, you care about automation. You don't care about personalization that much because they are not new money to you. They're old money. You just need to uh, 
fulfill the service that you promised to them, right? So sure. this constant battle is going on between so like the, the two um, end of the spectrum for any product that gets out. And it looks like um, no major competitor out there has got it right in a sense that uh, any any product that is out there is incomplete and is not giving the is not covering the full story for our customers. What we do here is we try to bridge the gap. And so uh, we have observed that uh, during pandemic, it got very eminent that, you know, all the incoming queries are coming through digital mediums like communications, right? Right. Um, so we sit on the communication line, which is sort of like the gateway to enter the system. And um, we flow in the conversation into business workflows so we can have, we, we can keep the customer facing conversations personalized using conversational AI and escalation to real human when necessary. Effectively, if you think about it, a business owner who has three, four assistants, the three, four assistants job uh, usually mostly is around automation and so sort of like a fulfillment. The business owner herself is into so like more on the sales side. This is true right. for realtors, recruiters, loan officers, car dealerships. You know, uh, you name it. Right. So now I had a buddy of mine who used to use a digital voice recorder. Yeah, you know, some um, I would say eight to ten years ago, and he would remember tasks and he would record them. The transcript of that, he would send it out. Um, and I think after that, there were quite a few initiatives that have come up um, in this field. But this may be the right time with NLP technologies and, and bots. Um, and then there are no-code platforms and business process modeling, the BPM platforms that are rampant here. So it's not only just a similar product, but then other other platforms, other designs, and other systems that are kind of converging in on this area. So what, what would you say is uh, your direct as well as secondary competition at this point? Yeah, no, good point. Uh, look, um, if you're serious about uh, voice to text, you have to make it market specific or the generic sort of like uh, models that exist for uh, natural language processing and speech to text. There is a limit. There is a natural limitation to them, how, how, how much they can be accurate. If they don't know the lingo, if they don't know, you know um, the intention and the purpose, if they're not trained on a data set that is relevant to that domain, there is no way that you can you know, um, get the product to look even nearly as good as so like a, a five-year-old, <laughs> 10-year-old. Right. I'm, I'm exaggerating. So the question for us is, what would you do after you converted the voice to, to text? right? Um, the game does not end there for us. For, for, for a lot of uh, competitive products out there, they just focus on getting this one thing right. And um, for us, it's about like, look, if we deeply understand the workflow and understand like, uh, for example, let me give you a little bit of details in and I will try to time-wise it. Um, we very, uh, I think everybody agrees that when you're in sales, you have multiple sort of like a tracks of people a bunch of people are cold leads then be- they become warm leads they right. become customers then after Nurture. customers they contract and then they sort of graduate become past customers for for each of these stages 
the type of conversation that you engage in has different intents and the entities that you detect in the natural language processing. I'm talking, I'm talking a little bit technical here. Um, when, for example, a customer is um, in the category of the cold leads and is so like engaging into a conversation for the first time with you, if you're super duper busy uh, real estate agent, um, your time is valuable. What you want to extract out of, you know, uh, sort of like a random cold call of a stranger number is what do you really want, right? right. Are you looking for purchasing a condo, which is 200K, or you're thinking about buying a single family house of $2.5 million? Because then I will treat you differently because, you know, right. I'm, I'm commission-based. I'm, I'm not paid by answering your questions. Right. Um, another intention that you would like to, to measure uh, your your leads is whether do they have um, a pre-qualification in their hand or it's just, you know, and uh, sort of like a discovery call to learn about the uh, real estate purchasing pro- process. Right. These are very different intentions. And when you want to really deploy a technology to A, convert the speech to, to text, you know, you don't have to really be to that granular about it, but B, when you want to use the results of that that text to engage into a conversational AI that pretty much looks like it's a human who is you know chatting with you the other side of the line, um, the intentions matter a lot. Um, I don't know if I covered this in, in like earlier or not, but the uh, last thing that we want to do is to sound too robotic to the leads mm-hmm. and so like the, the on the sales side, nobody really likes to talk to a robot, right? Right. Um, so there is science involved here to truly understand the intention behind the call or the text messaging or the emails that are being exchanged so we can quickly bucketize them and prioritize the ask. Here we are not getting into the business of taking action ourselves yet. Here we are not to replace the human. We are a prioritization engine supposed to help the, the service providers to say, look, Somebody's calling you. That person is an already, you know, a customer already in contract. He just has a few questions about the closing costs. Um, that's not the game changer for for the service provider if they reply to that person tomorrow. But you know, somebody who is calling you right now because they have got into a contract uh, to purchase a property and they're looking for the lowest rates to you know secure their loan if you don't answer them right now or today or maybe in two hours from now they will go shopping and they will get another you know uh, loan officer involved so clearly prioritization is a big thing and you can only do a good job in prioritizing if you know what is the thing that the customer is asking for great no that's a that's a great point um so now let's take a step back um, and um, I know that I keep getting ideas, right? Multiple ideas. And then as I start working towards a few, somehow I lose the inspiration and drive and I'm not able to follow through to the next steps for a few, right? And for a few others, maybe I go a little more beyond just the initial steps. So tell us about the backstory and what made you work on this idea. I'm, I'm sure you may have had multiple ideas. And what did you forego as a result of this pursuit? So there are two questions, some backstory and what made you choose? And then what did you lose? Sure, that's a great question. <laughs> um, 
on my side, uh, even though I have uh, so like a tech background, mostly by education, I'm a research and engineer. Um, being an immigrant here and so like uh, being born in a war-torn country of Iran, I learned that, you know, I always have to have some security on my side. And so like work hard, make some money, save some money, invest it somewhere, you know, uh, to be safe and sound because God knows when is the next war coming. This is the mindset that I grew up in, you know, yeah. in uh, within 80s and 90s. And um, so when I came, when I, when I immigrated to uh, uh, Europe to go to grad school, and then after that, I came to America to work for, you know, giant tech corporates. Um, I followed the same old school sort of like mindset, work as an employee and sort of like uh, make some money and uh, invest. Obviously, 2012, being in Seattle, investing in real estate was a thing. Right. And um, I got sort of like from my family background as well. And I sort of like uh, started doing that by purchasing the cheapest condo I literally could find in the market. <laughs> and as soon I, I got to a point that I was qualified. I was really young, naive, and I'm still naive, but uh, back then I didn't know what I'm doing. So I, my, my life, uh, you know, direction got changed to be, so like uh, all of a sudden I found myself to be a real estate investor, purchasing one, two, three, four, so like a portfolio, so like properties and getting into um, real estate investment. Uh, to be very clear and so like uh, honest about the path, in 2012, if you would have, I, I mean, from 2012 to pretty much uh, now, you don't have to be a genius. Anything that you would have bought in the market, you know, you would have would have been appreciated. So there are a lot of self-claimed real estate investors like me who are amateurs more than so like uh, professionals. What happened was because of my personal interest to this uh, market, I started building relationships, these deep relationships with a lot of uh, individuals in this field. I started becoming sort of like best friend with my real estate agent and then another real estate agent uh, popped up and so like a bigger one, a loan officer, you know, somebody who flips and I got into a lot of, you know, uh, sort of like side projects when I was working at uh, tech companies. Um, so naturally, I started developing this deep, deeper and deeper understanding of how does the real estate market truly work? Um, right. When the idea, I always had this crazy idea of like visionary idea of automate, like putting businesses, business workflows on autopilot mode in a way that you can upload the human's mind to the cloud. You can sort of mirror a very narrow vertical of um, thinking about decision-making in the space of, for example, being a loan officer, something like that. But I didn't know how exactly to pursue that. Um, when Corona hit and, um, I was working at a unicorn company, uh, where I joined as an early employee, I, I left a major tech company to join a unicorn company, uh, to join a small startup in Seattle, which turned out to be a unicorn later. So I was, I had a major success in my career. And so like uh, the, the trajectory was up to the right. And, um, I launched a very successful product that we were pulling in good amount of profit my life was sort of like getting to a point that I could rest and vest, but that was not who I am. I feel like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to get stuck in a, in, a, in a corporate job because, you know, when, when a, cor a small startup becomes a unicorn, then the behaviors change and sort of like the company starts moving towards sort of like a, uh, 
more structured ways rather than going zero to one, which is pretty much the sweet spot for me. So it was for me to pursue, you know, this this new idea to say, look, you know, uh, all I know aside from tech is real estate. So why don't I so like try to combine them together, tech and real estate? And um, then I so like uh, quit my job and started really thinking deep about the space and say, look, is it really for real estate? Can I really build a tech that I can apply to a lot of other verticals, as I said, recruitment, you know, car dealerships, uh, insurance reps, there are so many other people out there that they, they share the same problem. So if I solve this problem really, really good for one vertical, then I have a chance to extrapolate and generalize the logic and so like uh, ship it to, to other markets. So right. what I lost in one sentence was the stability of a sort of like a really good corporate job. And so like a, uh, I assume that I let go of good amount of compensation in short term uh, in hope and in search of sort of like a building a dream that I always had in my mind. And I think it was the right time for me to get out, uh, stand in the middle and say, hey guys, you know, join me. I want to build this crazy idea. It may never work, but if it does, <laughs> it will take worth. And so I sort of like pull it off that way. Wow. No, that's very inspiring. So absolutely. I, I think that that bridge to the paycheck is sometimes um, can be the the most important umbilical cord that one needs to cut in order to pursue the dreams, I guess. I've, I've heard that elsewhere as well. So, so that's interesting. Me, but like, um, step, uh, uh, you know, it, it happened in steps. When I, uh, so the first time that I took a major hit was when I left my giant corporate job to join startup. Right. It was like, yes, I'm going, I'm letting go of sort of like a good amount of base salary and liquid, you know, uh, equity. Um, but in exchange, I will get some equity that one day may, may grow and it may actually outgrow. Right. Right. So it was easier to accept it. Um, right. I wasn't really ready for like, this is my third startup. The wow. very first startups that I had, um, I didn't quit my job because my mindset was like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Who knows what will the future, what if it doesn't work? The same sort of like uh, thoughts that a lot of us go through. Um, sure. And, you know, the first one was a dismal failure because I couldn't put 100% of myself on it. And uh, there was a lot of learning on it. The second one was a no tech modest, very small, so like a exit that happened to me. And it, that gave me the boost and so like the, the confidence that, yes, don't be afraid. I mean, there is nothing that, you know, it can kill you. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it's okay not to have a health insurance. It's okay not to pull in, you know, base salary. It's okay to be effectively unpaid for a, for a good amount of time. Try to make the best and so just think about, uh, think what is ahead of you, not what is behind you. If I would have uh, pulled the trigger at once when I was a sort of like a big tech corporate, it, it would have been very, very difficult. It's like as if you threw a kid who doesn't know how to swim to sort of like a, the deepest part of the swimming pool and say, learn, <laughs> there is no right. chance. Probably right. with suffocating death, right? Yeah. No, that's that's great. That's true. And that's absolutely true. Um, so now in terms of the product, um, what have you done so far to get it to the next level? And by that, I also mean that you may have gone through multiple iterations of this product. And then um, 
are you looking to grow in other countries as well? Yeah, great question. Uh, well, um, the philosophy of so like uh, the tech and engineering culture that we are running is uh, pretty much like 100% agile. So right. we are comfortable not knowing and we are comfortable not being perfect. We optimize for velocity to build something, uh, test it out, put it in the market, get feedback. And that's what, what we did. We conducted a bunch of customer interviews. We built some intuition. Um, we built something that is not perfect. We call it Autodelegate 1.0. And um, it's buggy. It's not you know the end result. But we got it out and we started so like a, a collecting real feedback. We conducted a bunch of more interviews based on the product that we had. And we maximized our learnings. We learned, you know, what are the things that are not appreciated? What are the wrong talk tracks? What are the problems that we thought they are the problems, but they're really not as important as, as we projected in our mind? The importance of being connected to your early customers is, is I, I just can't say what is, but it's super important. It's like right. the most important. So we learned very quickly that we should put together a customer advisory board to ensure that our customers have a saying. And what happened for me is I learned that, you know, incentivizing people to help you is the best and and the, probably the most fair model that I could imagine. So I got lucky that, you know, some of our customers so value in what we are doing and they tend to be our, our investors as well. Um, so we got the one point built, we got a bunch of feedback, and then we got 1.1 designed completely from scratch. And we are lucky enough to sort of like have good engineering skills in our company to shift and reuse the backend entirely and just, you know, spend some time to do apply the final touches to the way that we, we were thinking about the front end, which is our, our mobile app. So uh, long story short, you know, the way to get the product um, off the door is not very scientific. You right. need to have a hunch to start with good heuristics. The 80, 20% rule, like with 20% effort, you can get 80% there, but your product right. probably is going to be loved. It's going to be directionally okay, but but not the best product. The, the hard part is to get the last 20% right. And for that, there is nothing better than, you know, um, having a baseline already established and conducting zillion of customer interviews and trying to sort of capture their thoughts and sort of gradually uh, make it better. This is pretty much like a, a metric-driven culture that we don't make decisions by testosterone, but we make decisions by real fact and data. Right. Right. That's uh, that's a very interesting analogy there. Um, absolutely. About, uh, rolling out in other countries, um, absolutely. Why not? Our product is like a communication app that is uh, that could be, you know, um, adopted to different locales. But um, at this time for us, the key is to focus, to focus, uh, get one market right and one language and one, one country right. And after that escalation and so like, a, I mean, not a, a scaling to other languages, countries and uh, different professions will come. Sure. But, um, I don't want to, I want to make sure that we do one thing, we do it right before we go and sort of like make a big, big noise in the market. Right. No, absolutely. Because once you get into another country, now culturally also you have, you may have to change uh, the form. So not only it's a new language, 
but it's a new culture. It's a new set of processes that they follow in that country. So, so some, some tweaking that needs to be done in, in this standard model that you have created. So, so that's interesting. Uh, so now one last question. I know we have taken uh, almost more than a half hour today. So how can anyone get to be a, a partner or investor in this process? Um, so that's one part. And then the second part is mentorship. I know that um, <clears throat> mentorship in the past has helped you. You are a, you are a great advocate of mentorship. So would you be willing to mentor others who are kind of still um, trying to understand or trying to take this leap of faith and, and start something new of their own? So two questions. How can anyone get to be a partner or investor in, in, this, in this company of yours? And then would you be open to mentor um, others who are um, kind of just starting up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, about uh, getting in touch, um, our website is up and running, even though it's not you know, per- perfect right now. We are just getting customers on the wait list. We haven't really shipped our web, web version yet. Um, autodelegate.com and feel free to please uh, hit us with uh, emails or, or any other medium that uh, we have put uh, on our website. The email is invest at autodelegate.com or you can just directly hit me myself amin at autodelegate.com about the mentorship absolutely 100 percent i'm i'm already doing it and i'm so like a big advocate of so like a, a mentoring in indeed uh, in a former life i was a teacher at high school wow. teaching computer science and uh, uh, i was very young and uh, it was like sort of like a part-time job for me my students uh, today very interestingly, now they're pursuing their, their PhDs at MIT and University of Toronto and University of Washington and Stanford. And I think they're better educated than myself, but they're still sort of calling me once in a while. And so like, uh, we have these very interesting conversations that, hey, do you want to come work for me or do you want to start your own startup? Because that would change the sort of the, the whole conversation. And I have found right. it that, you know, how pleasing is this feeling when you really help another future entrepreneur trying to sort of like take the leap of faith and sort of like stand on their own feet and build something that is amazing and sort of like bigger than than what I could imagine. Some of these people that you know I'm out currently mentoring, um, to be very honest and upfront with you, like they they dream bigger than me. They are more capable than me. And that's the moment that for me, it's like I'm getting the reward of the, all the time that I'm spending on the mentorship, just sitting back, having my popcorn and enjoying the show <laughs> that this person is running. is so pleasant that, you know, like, hey, I'm a part of this story. And so like I told him not to do this because, you know, you will not like it. That by itself is so rewarding. Right, right. No, amazing, amazing. So that's very inspiring. So this is all the time we have today. Thank you again, Amin, for a great walkthrough of um, the unique way of automatically delegating tasks to employees and then talking about the industry um, and very inspiring to our listeners to walk the steps you have taken and have been driven. Listeners, you can find us on Apple, Google, um, Spotify, Audible, and iHeartRadio, among others. Please feel free to reach me at shill.neogi at gmail.com if you have any questions. Thanks again for listening.